0: Greetings everybody, it is such a blessing for me to come to you today and bring you the gospel of God's grace when we're going to be talking about the resurrection and the effect that the resurrection have on people's lives today. I would like to welcome everybody that is slotting in for the first time as well as our regular viewers. It's good to have you here and to know that we are gathering around the truth, the message of Jesus Christ as our Lord and him manifesting his kingdom in this world, when we can be the recipients of that kingdom and also experience what it's like to see God bringing forth his kingdom in and through us. (laughs) Glory to God. Well, let us pray as we start this service. Father, I want to thank you so much that we can be here together. Thank you that I can bring the gospel of your grace, the influence that you have on humans, bringing peace to people's lives. Lord, when we look at the world and we look at the panic that the whole world is in because of something like the coronavirus and we look at the fear that even the church lives in, we know that we need to share your gospel and preach your gospel so that peace can come to people's lives. Thank you so much for giving us the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, and that we can behold that and see the power of your kingdom in us. Thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Well, today I'm going to be preaching on the effect of believing you will be bodily raised in your life today. What effect? Will it have on you today believing that you will be bodily raised in the day of Jesus Christ? Now, I've asked this question to myself many times, especially when I just got into this message. And I would say that was um, the first time I started to think of the gospel along the lines of uh, the kingdom of God on the earth and us being made eternally immortal was early 2000 you know like 1999 2000 2001 that was when i was introduced to this message and started to think along those lines and one of the first things that came to my mind is yes i do believe that i will be bodily raised uh, in the day of jesus christ and then that is now dealt with we put that on the back burner And now we're going on with things that matter for today, things like the power of the Holy Spirit, the preaching of the gospel. People need to get saved, you know, they need to go to heaven and not hell. And um, my life was shaped around other things, but the bodily resurrection was almost as if there was a kind of a dualistic belief in my heart, which I find is in the church at large. Uh, People believe, yes, there will be a bodily resurrection, but there's also a thing where we've taken uh, Plato's ideas, Socrates' ideas, the New Age ideas, wherein we are saying that we are spirits that lives in bodies, and then we are on our way to heaven one day, and then our salvation basically exclude all the physical things we're trying to escape the physical yet we can't live without the physical and then when trouble comes in the physical area here we are stressing our heads off Uh, like we are seeing what's happening in the world right now with the uh, corona pandemic what's happening is frightening for most people and it Really is rattling our cages in such a way that we are saying we don't know what to do. And I want to say that the effect of the bodily the, the effect of knowing that there's a bodily resurrection and that salvation is physical will change your emotion when it comes. Uh, about these things things like the corona or things like the skies falling or things like a, a massive global financial crisis and all those kind of things it it will change how you feel about those things it will really change it now um i'm i've put some questions down that i've that i've asked myself and then i've got the second set of questions which which answers the first questions and I was thinking it good to ask those questions and answer it here today. Now, before I get into any questions, just uh, for your information, we are in a series where we are going through Romans. And we are at the moment in Romans chapter 8. And we're going to look at verses 12 to um, 24. Verses 12 to 24, which I think is perfect verses that talk about the effect of the bodily resurrection uh. Our bodily resurrection one day on us now we can have the questions like this well I know I'm going to be bodily raised but I already am the righteousness of God today so why would I now uh, make a big fuss of the bodily resurrection one day it's something that's going to happen one day and we know it's going to happen one day but now am I the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit, I can now pray in tongues, I now have the gifts of healing, I now know that I am loved by God, my identity now is not in my works, but in Jesus, and all those kind of things, why is there, why should there be a big thing made of the bodily resurrection? Well. We're going to look at that, but I can start out by saying that Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, 19 says that if there is no resurrection, talking about us not being raised from the dead one day, we are the most miserable of all people. So Paul had all of his joy, all of his comfort, everything he did every day, founded in the fact that he will be raised one day. Glory to God. Now, let us start off with four questions. The first one would be uh, in answering this what effect does hope have on people now we need to understand that the resurrection the bodily resurrection now i want to say it this way i even hate to call it the bodily resurrection as if other parts of us is also is resurrected before the resurrection of the body i would rather call it the resurrection the coming to life of humans what effect does hope or the resurrection, knowing that you will be raised one day, have on us? What effect does hope have on people right now? You know, I read a, a, a lot on Google about this, and I found that there's a lot of studies done talking about hope in people, hope when it comes to uh, hospitals, sick people people that's got cancer and all those things. Hope is what drives them today. The hope of being healed of cancer is what makes, what gives them the power to get out of bed today. The hope of being healed of cancer is what causes them to have um, knowledge on how to gather money, to take that money and give it for treatment. So hope we can say hope gives people the ability to do business. Hope gives people uh, skills on how to communicate with people, so they can see this hope fulfilled. Hope has got a massive influence on people's lives today. When we talk about cancer, we can talk about the coronavirus. The hope that you will, the hope that there is uh, healing for this, or that there will be some vaccine or something. Uh, the hope that this virus can be destroyed is what's driving people today. If there was no hope, do you know how this world will look? Now, the question is, what effect does hope have on people today? Romans 8.24 says that we are saved by hope. And then Paul talks about the resurrected body as the hope of the church. We are today saved by having a confident expectation of bodily resurrection. Now, if we, if we say, and I, I include myself into that package years ago, if we say, well, what effect does the bodily resurrection one day have on me now? Basically nothing, because I know it will happen back then, but now I've got a life to live. We are differing from how Paul saw the whole salvation plan. Paul found that what saves him today from living in the flesh, what saves him today from being scared uh, uh, of persecution and all those kind of things, what saves him today from not knowing what to say to people that are leaders in politics and all those kind of things is the hope of bodily resurrection. Paul fully connected what he does every day with a hope of bodily resurrection. He did not see himself as something separate from his body. He saw himself as a human and he knew that there is a human in the Godhead that has conquered all death and the spirit of that eternal life is now on him. And from there, he's got eloquent speech. He's got power in the spirit he has got wisdom he's got knowledge he's got know-how in how to treat people like when he was in the areopagus and he was giving standing in defense of his belief what did he say he wisely spoke of the resurrection he wisely spoke of the hope of christians and he did not come to try and say well uh you're innocent before God or any of those kind of things. It didn't come with the typical gospel message that we have, that God is angry, you can, Jesus died for you, you can now repent of your sins and so forth. No, Paul preached the resurrection of the dead. And he preached it inside a court that was founded on the slogan that says, once a man's blood is spilled, he can never live again. And he preached the resurrection right there. And he explained Everything about Chutzpahs. Um, uh, uh, what's that? Religion. He it, it spoke about temples built by hands. He talks about man's service to God and God's service to man. Everything from the perspective of the bodily resurrection and the hope. And everything that Paul did to, did in his whole speech in Acts 17. In his speeches in Acts 15. Uh, this encounter that he had in Acts 9, everything was found on the physical resurrection of humans and its effect today on people's lives. So the question that I would have is, what effect does hope have on people? If we don't have any hope, there is no life for us now. Let us look at people that was caught in a storm and their little boat sank and they're on a life raft what role does hope play in their lives in psychology today you will see they've got what is called hope therapy hope therapy they give people hope because people with hope heals quicker than other people people with hope gets healed from depression people with hope gets healed from cancer medicine works much better in people that have hope and the hope is connected in the in medicine on the bodily or physical healing of the person if somebody has got cancer what hope can you give him you give him the hope of healing from the cancer and when he should he have hope you find the medicine works much better today so that's just one of the questions what effect does hope have on people There's two forms of hope, the Christian hope, and then the hope that Socrates offered, which I believe is also a satanic hope. Satan's hope was, you can live forever, and you will never die. You are already an eternal, inherently immortal being. God is just lying. You will not die. You live forever. There's some part of you that is existing forever, inherently already. That is um, what, what Socrates said. Then Plato came, and then we find Plato's theories, you know, uh, 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 changing over time from 19 before 90, 90 before Christ until about the third century. We find changes. But then we also got people like Plutarch, which had a, a, a little bit of a different view, and he wrote this thing wherein he said, Oh, how my soul longs to go to heaven which is where the church basically is today, where the hope is not in the resurrection and in the restoration of the physical human, but where the hope became a place you go to. Now, that is not the Christian hope. That is the counterfeit. The counterfeit is the message wherein we have hope as a destination of our soul and not hope as a recreation or a new creation wherein the Whole physical human being is recreated. Let me put it this way. Let's take the coronavirus quickly and talk a little bit about hope. I would say that 90%, this is just a number I'm sucking out of my thumb, or let's put it this way, a high percentage of the people that live in utmost fear when it comes to this coronavirus, live in utmost fear because of a lack of understanding of the resurrection of jesus christ and the hope that there is in the physical because our hope has been spiritualized to the point that hope is where your soul goes when you die living in heaven and we have physical bodies physical brains a mind and all those kind of things the physical says well happy for you soul you know you feel all well and going to heaven but what about me what about me and then we don't answer the body we don't have any hope for the body we just like try and silence it and just think of heaven every all the time and then we think on how many mosques we can buy how many gloves we can buy and how we cannot get into close proximity to any other people and try to protect our bodies by our own power and own uh wits should we come to a place where this whole thing of where does my soul go when I die and get that out of our minds where it is non-existent to the point that our hope is as Paul preached the resurrection of the human to ever live in a glorified state in the fullness of of God if that is our hope you will find that everything inside you that's physical will not scream for protection all the time for it knows how it is protected and preserved forever so I want to say that if we take the bodily resurrection hope away and we put it so on the back burner that it is basically not something that we think of every day we will be bound by fear. And if we are not bound by fear, because you might say, well, I'm not bound by fear because I know I'm going to heaven. You have a hope and you do have something that numbs your pain, but it's not based in the salvation plan. It is based in Platonism. It's based in a New Age philosophy. It's not based in what God brought in Jesus Christ. Okay. Should people have no hope, how would joy and peace be possible? If there is no hope, how would joy and peace be possible? And further question, how would rational thought outside of being in survival mode be possible? You know, what happens is, if we don't see the salvation of the human the whole human being. If we don't see that, how will we have rational thoughts? The only kind of rational thought we'll have is thoughts that's born from survival mode in trying to preserve your own physical life on this earth by things you do, in how you behave and how you, like I said, buy masks and gloves and all those kind of things. You're not going to have that. I want to ask another question. What relevance do love have on people today? The Bible says in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, mean bodily decay forever, but have eternal life, that they would live forever as humans, never to die. My goodness. Now, <laughs> You know, that is what John calls love. Now, if we don't have a message wherein the absolute full focus is on the resurrection, our immortality bodily from where we inherit the kingdom and so share in the life of God, we will not feel loved. And we will want to feel loved by trying to even take Christ christianese christianity christian talk mix it into our lingo by all the time saying how special i am how god loves me just the way i am and all those kind of things instead of feeling loved because god has fabricated a way wherein there can be a recreation preserving all of us eternally where i don't have to feel loved because i receive nike shoes where I don't have to feel love as a Christian because I live in a nice house or drive a nice car. Where I can feel loved because God has shown value to me as a person and showed how he will preserve me forever in raising Jesus from the dead. And so promise me eternal existence for he wants me forever. You know, like... um, uh, uh, you know, let me put it this way. It's like Pastor Gerald said the other day when he preached in, in, in our church here in Malmesbury. He said, did Jesus, did the prophets prophesy? Was the Garden of Eden given? The prophets prophesy, God walk his walk with Noah, God walk his walk with um with Abraham, his walk with the Israelites, the Major and minor prophets and all those things prophesy about Jesus. Bring Jesus forth. Jesus died. He he was raised from the dead as a physical human. He's got an empty grave, so that you can make sure you drive the latest car. So that God can make sure you will be able to drive the latest car. <laughs> no, the reason why all that was said was for a much bigger gift. The gift is eternal life. For me as a human, we need to know that we don't have eternal life inherently and it's given as a gift. Should we have this hope of resurrection, it from that the spirit of that truth will shape our lives today in having relevance in how we do business, how we treat our wife and children, how we love one another, and should something happen like this coronavirus, that we will not fall out of the bus, uh, what will we do? What, what are we going to do? What? Hey, I've got eternal life. I've got eternal life. And I want to tell you, should you already know how you have eternal life bodily, and not just spiritually, your body will not start to scream. Your body will not run after the news all the time. Your body will know that it's okay. It is fine. And the Spirit of God can tell your body what to do today in a twinkling of an eye. You just have wisdom, you just do the right thing that day, and you're okay. It will not be a continuous stress thing. After years of having the resurrection, and the hope of immortality as the center of my reading of the gospel, other questions came forth answering the first questions. Should there there not be a bodily resurrection? Would we be righteous today? Think of it this way. You might say, no, I'm already the righteousness. Yes, there will be a resurrection, but now I'm the righteousness of God. But now I have the Holy Spirit. But now I see the fruit of the Spirit in me. But now I have freedom from bondage today. Now I have faith in God. Now I know I am loved. Now I am the body of Christ. Now I am the righteousness of God. Now the question is this. Should there not have been? a bodily resurrection or the resurrection of the human, say that would not take place. Would you still be righteous today? Would you still have the Holy Spirit today? Would you see the fruit of the Spirit today? Would you live in freedom from bondage of sin in the flesh today? You know what the answer is? No. The answer is no. The question can also be asked this way. Should Jesus have lived a holy life, died for our sins, and wasn't raised, but his spirit went to heaven, would we be the righteousness of God? If Jesus' spirit went to heaven and his body wasn't physically raised, of let's say Jesus, let's say uh, the inner man, the soul, went to heaven and his body wasn't raised, would we be able to say today that we will have the fruit of the spirit? would we be able to have faith? Because remember, faith is the substance of things hoped for, and the Christian hope is the resurrection. So would you be able to have faith, a confident persuasion that God can do what He promised to do, if there was no bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ? Would you be the body of Christ? Another question. Would you be the righteousness of God? No, you would not have been. Would we have power to stand in persecution as the early church did? No, we would not. So I want to say it this way you would not be righteous, you would not be saved, you would not have freedom from the fruit of the flesh, you would have none of those things, you would not have any form of holiness, you would have none of those things should Jesus not have been bodily raised from the dead, for salvation is of the body. Salvation, I don't. I hate using the word body because of our uh, new age mindsets that we have. I, I, we've got this mindset of spirit soul and body all the time which comes from Pythagoras, which had a mathematical formula whereby he tried to explain that humans are spirits and that we need to be saved from our bodies and all of that nonsense god has declared who and what we are in jesus jesus died jesus rose the one that was dead is now alive and he is Lord, and he has promised life to us, we believe it, I believe Jesus was raised, and so shall I have as a full human eternal life, no part of me has eternal life, the only way I can have eternal life is by Jesus giving it to me through the power of the resurrection, I have now believed upon him and the spirit of eternal life is on me and that spirit is also right now fixing and healing my flesh to the point that I am seeing Romans 8 taking place. We are mortifying the deeds of the flesh by the spirit. Glory to God, which is the power of the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ from where God is manifesting his kingdom in this world. So I want to say to you, you would not be righteous. You would not have the Holy Spirit for the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to bring forth immortality to your body. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to end sin in the flesh. There will be no purpose. Let us go quickly to that beautiful encounter Paul had in Acts 9 with Jesus. When Jesus appeared to him, what did he say he said who are you lord he said i am jesus whom you are persecuting It's difficult for you to kick against the goats in your heart and he said saul saul why are you persecuting me what did he say saul why are you persecuting me but paul wasn't persecuting jesus he was persecuting people the church People that believed that Guy was raised from the dead, he was persecuting them, having a letter to take them captive to Jerusalem. He then came to the bottom line conclusion that this physical raised person that is also physically standing before him that the people that he's persecuting is also as much part of that physical body as what he has a physical body they are absolutely one and he came to the conclusion that these people are the body of christ and they have the hope of the resurrection from there paul preached the resurrection Paul had no other gospel but the resurrection. He was preaching the gospel of the kingdom, which is the message of God's kingdom bringing bodily eternal life to people. And that is how God reigns and rules over sin and death, making the enemies of Christ his footstool in giving us eternal life. Should we understand this and we see all the physical things that we deal with in this world, our lives would not start to fall apart when we see there's not enough toilet paper in the shopping mall. You know, when it comes to coronavirus, let me just tell Christians this. You can prep all you like, but remember, after you've prepped, you're a Christian, you're going to share everything with your brothers. You're going to give it all away because how are you going to live with the love of God in your heart having enough food for you and your household and your neighbor has got nothing. Prep. As long as what you know you're prepping to give to others. That's how it's going to work in Christianity. And that means oh my goodness then I might still not have enough. Where am I going to get life? Hallelujah. Now we get into the true question where are we gonna get life and that life it's good to say that you know i'm gonna go to heaven and live there one day hallelujah that makes me happy but my body is screaming for life where will the question is where will my body get life hallelujah we see in second corinthians 5 second corinth second corinthians 4 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7 let me read that quickly oh I'm we are running out of time and I have not even started my message 2nd Corinthians 4 7 for God who commanded light to shine out of darkness remember in the beginning w- w- was the heaven and the earth and the earth was without form and you know God said let there be light so Paul is now having the recreation or the new creation language here. For God who commanded light to shine out of darkness has shone into our hearts, to give the light of the knowledge. So what did he shine in our hearts to have? To have the light of the knowledge. So we have the light. So our hearts were dark, but now light shone into our hearts. What is this light? The knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So what does that mean? He says, what illuminates me today is the knowledge that the glory of God, meaning immortality, and eternal life, is shining in the face of a human. So, other words, we can put it this way. Oh, this makes me so happy. For God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who created the heavens and the earth, has brought a new creation forth, Through bringing the knowledge of immortality now, bodily, in Jesus Christ. And that light is now in me. I've got a revelation that if it's shining in the face of the human Jesus, it gives me the hope that I will shine like him. (laughs) Hallelujah. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God, not of us. So what he's saying is we have this treasure, this revelation right now in our mortal bodies. We are knowing that the glory of God shines in the face of a human. And we are saying, well, if Jesus could contract eternal life, we can also. Let me explain it this way. How bodily resurrection in the future change our lives today. Let's talk about this Corona virus again you know if we talk about a sickness that only animals can get let's say there is some disease that only a certain um, uh, uh, that that a lion can get for instance or let's say uh, uh, you know some wild dog can get and it is somewhere in africa And we know about this deadly virus that can kill these animals. How would that change how you shop every day? It would mean nothing to you. Why? Because it's for dogs. It it doesn't include you. It doesn't include you. It's a deadly disease. It kills dogs easily. It's very contagious and all those kind of things. But the moment you find out that you're seeing the death of that disease now shining in the face of a man. All of a sudden you realize humans can also get that. Your whole life changes. Why? Because you're a human. You're a human. And what is true for the human that got it becomes true for you and you know that you can also get it and all of a sudden somebody on the other side of the world that got a disease as a human and because you're a human all of a sudden your life is born from the reality of death in his flesh now how much more church if we can see what Paul is talking about here 2 Corinthians 3, 6, at the bottom of your notes there, this is what he's saying, who has made us able ministers, not of the New Testament, not of, uh, uh, of, uh, I mean, made us able ministers, of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life, but if the ministration of death, written on stones, was glorious, so the children of Israel, could not steadfastly, behold the face of Moses, for the glory of his countenance, which was to be done away with, how much, shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? But even until this day, when Moses read, there's a veil upon their hearts. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be removed. Now, the key verse is here. Now, the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with open face, we haven't put a mask on, where we cannot contract eternal life, we now, with an open face, are beholding the eternal life disease that Jesus as a human contracted when the Father raised him from the dead, and we with open face are beholding the glory of God in the face of a man, and he is breathing over us, he's coughing over us if we want to call it that way to understand language that so dear to us these days what is he doing he's shining over us and then it says and we are changed into the same image from glory to glory what glory we see the glory of god shining in the immortal jesus the physical man Jesus and as you look at that not as you put it on the back burner and look at what you have today and now under the righteousness of God and all that as you continually look at the bodily resurrection of Jesus and see that as your hope never to try and confuse yourself with a Tripartite thing wherein you think I am a spirit or I am a soul living in a body or or any of that, but where you are saying I'm a human and I'm seeing God saves the lives of humans, and even if I should die, I shall be raised from the dead. I shall be raised from the dead. And should you have that confidence that gets born from that reality, you will find it shapes your life every day glory to God now I think we've laid a good foundation to get into Romans 8 verses 12 but we've run out of time and uh, this is basically what I want to say so let us summarize what effect does the knowledge of being raised from the dead one day have on us today as we behold it and think of it we are changed into the very same image as by the power that brought that image forth right now. And we find as what Paul says in Romans chapter 8, which we've dealt with in the previous three Sundays, that we are then led forth or manifested forth or brought unto the stage by the Holy Spirit, wherein we find the spirit is now mortifying the deeds of the flesh and we find that our minds don't go crazy when we see certain certain things on the news. We find that we find peace in our hearts. We find that we find generosity and kindness and love and all those things coming forth in us. Why? Because we've taken off our mask and we now go to the man that contracted the eternal life disease if we call it like that and we look at this not from a perspective of where's jesus spirit but what happened to him bodily and we say to him breathe on us lord and then he breathes on us and his breath his spirit enters into us and we are contracting the very same thing called eternal life hallelujah glory to god well we've come to the end of this message I would like to hammer away for another hour but um, we'll do that next Sunday thank you so much for watching and look into the truth of bodily resurrection let's get this platonic teaching this teaching that comes from Socrates this teaching that comes from the time of the Greek people and all of that which was all born in Satan which says that there's a part of us immortal and another part not and all of that let's get that out of our minds let's look at the word jesus go and read hebrews chapter 1 in the old days god spoke through the prophets and he spoke through the scriptures and he spoke through many ways he spoke to the people but in these days he has spoken to us through his son and when you read hebrews there it he defines son as the resurrected one that sat down at the right hand of god if you want to know what god has got to say look at the man jesus at the right hand of god because now he's speaking from there if you don't look at the bodily resurrection and your hope of bodily resurrection every day you are not hearing god's voice for you my friend God loves us and he's come to preserve our lives forevermore. Amen. See you again next Sunday. God bless.